This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. It is the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you for giving me some time. We are only four weeks away. From the lid lifter as we get a look at the always entertaining Dan Campbell, whose lions go to Kansas City. Four weeks from tonight on Amazon, gang. That's right, only 28 more days, and the ball goes in the air. The defending champion Chiefs and the favored to win the NFC North Detroit Lions. Yes, I have jump in my step. I am excited about everything, and Bears fans took a piece of bad news yesterday. Uh, Chase Claypool pulls up lame in a non-contact drill, uh, going one-on-one against Jalen Johnson, the former second-round pick. I guess he's still a second-round pick, just wasn't this past year. They didn't take that second-round status away from him at any point, but he he's going to miss the Titans game Saturday. There's a noon scrimmage against Tennessee. Equinemius St. Brown also is expected to miss. So we'll get uh, more of a look, perhaps, at... At the rookie, everybody's wanting to see the kid from uh, Cincinnati, Tyler Scott. Yeah, bring him on. Let him play. Let Darnell Mooney be the star. It's going to be fun on Saturday at, uh, I believe, noon is is the Bears and Titans. I've got a little bit of baseball real fast. Congratulations to Michael Lorenzen, the stud bolt, the the big muscular right-hander, the 31-year-old who authored a no-hitter for the Reds last night. Just to, I'm sorry, for the Phillies last night. Just a terrific performance. 124 pitches. Boy, oh boy, how in the world do you not pull him after seven when he'd already reached 100? That's an effort. This dude is what uh, is what baseball players, positional players should look like. He's ripped. Uh, man, it's cool to see a guy who actually spends time in the weight room succeed as a pitcher at the big league level. He could He could play wide receiver on my team. Dude's got an awesome body. The Cubs yesterday came up short against the Mets. They trail two and a half games in the uh, National League Central behind Milwaukee. Four to three was the final last night against the Mets. A home run fest, which always makes it cool. Brent Morrell hitting a tape measure homer for the Cubs, who got another one from Seiya Suzuki. The Mets, however, Got dongs, I love saying that, from Pete Alonzo and uh, my nephew, Jeff McNeil. Actually, no relation, so they win that ball game 4-3. to three. Kyle Hendricks seemingly had picked off Francisco Lindor. He was called out, and the Mets chose to review it. He was ruled safe. He didn't take any warm-up tosses during an extended look at the replay. The announcers on Mets radio were questioning that, and sure enough, Pete Alonzo steps in there. Hendricks had been standing on the mound doing nothing for a couple of minutes, and Alonzo jacked him. Cubs lose 4-3. to three. Uh, As for the White Sox, Yoan Moncada had a couple doubles last night. 
How about that? And when I watch the uh, highlights today on uh, the Quick Pitch Show on MLB Network, where they take all the little highlights from visiting radio, visiting TV, same with home radio, home TV. Len Casper commenting on Moncada's second double. And look at him run. And he's running. How about that? Johan Moncada. He can run on the 9th of August. Congratulations to the White Sox for the effort against the Yankees last night. Bully for them. Luis Roberts, fun to watch play. Stole second, stole third. That's enough baseball. Pete Persich is a former Notre Dame star. He played high school football at Providence in the Catholic League. I've known Pete since he was a young player with the Minnesota Vikings in the mid-90s. He was a regular contributor on the score and uh, later became an assistant coach briefly for Minnesota. He's been in their broadcast booth for a number of years. I promised you a scout on the Minnesota Vikings, so let's get to it. I talked with Pete Bursich Wednesday about how in the world the Minnesota Vikings would wind up not being the favorite in the NFC North. No, that distinction belongs to the Detroit Lions. Do explain, Bursich. Want to take a look at all the training camps in the NFC North over the next couple of weeks. Packers voice Wayne Larravee is going to join me on the podcast early next week. And then we'll check out the Lions, the loved by America Lions, before we actually get to Labor Day weekend. Right now we take a peek at what's going on inside the camp of the Minnesota Vikings with a guy who's been a part of the purple and gold God, who was the president, Pete Bursich, when you uh, first made your way to Hennepin County? That wasn't Ronald Reagan, was uh, it? <laughs> no, it was uh, it was William Taft. <laughs> Taft, I believe, was still, yeah. He's a big guy, real big guy, right? Yes. You know? uh, he started uh, yeah, two traditions yeah. at one baseball game. He stood up <laughs> yeah. to stretch, and everybody stood up with him, the seventh inning yeah. stretch, and he threw out the first ceremonial pitch, I think. But Yeah, uh, nineteen. so 1994 is when I started up here. So, um, God, who was president in 94? I believe that would have been Bill Clinton. Yeah, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. So I've made it through a few – I've made it through what three owners. Uh, I'm on head coach number seven. Uh, yeah, so it's been it's it's been it's been a it's kind of one of those. It's a lesson that you just you you don't want to be the nail that sticks out, right? You want you want to be noticed, but you don't want to be that that noticed, right? So, and if you're just around enough, people just are like, yeah, okay, I, I remember that guy. He's around, and then no, and the next thing you know, you're there for 28 years. Why not? Yeah. You know. Good for you. Hey, help me with something. I'm trying to figure out why the Detroit Lions are the favorite in the NFC North. I I watched everybody in the division last year, as you did, and I gained some regard for Dan Campbell's team. But I would look at the Vikings as a clear-cut favorite in the North this year, and they're not. Why? Um, I don't think the Vikings have done a whole lot on paper. Um, to, if you look at the ads and the losses and everything else, you don't see anything that really stands out that says, yeah, these guys are going to be better this year. Um, and that, I mean, that just is what it is. And I think the lions are just an interesting team. Um, they had a lot of draft picks. A lot of people don't agree with who they drafted. Um, you know, my thing is, well, until you see these guys play, how the hell can you, uh, sit there and say they had a good or a bad draft? 
Um, I think they're just trendy. I think the, the I think we lost um, the Vikings lost that 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 you know repeat. You know, usually the team that wins a division is the repeat, right? There, you know, you have Aaron Rodgers leave the division finally. Um, the Bears had their worst season in, in I don't know how long, and we just didn't do one. We just didn't do enough um, through the draft and free agency. I think for people to go, eh. You know, and then you go with the love hate thing with cousins and and all. I I just think people, um, and the media they just want something different, and I think the Lions kind of fulfill that. They're a bit of an enigma, um, and that's why people I think are picking them to be the favorites. I mean, you, you know, you haven't they haven't they had a nice end of the season and they played well, and you know I don't know much about Dan Campbell. Um, but I do know from the first game, the first time we played them earlier in the season, it was it was week three or week four, and we played them down on the wire. They played us down on the wire, and then we played them again down in Detroit late in the season, and it was too complete. I mean, Justin Jefferson had his in his worst game of the season, three receptions and I believe 14 yards um, against the Detroit Lions the first time we played them. The second time we played them, he had 13 receptions somewhere around there for about 225. So they wanted to play single high safety against Jefferson for some reason. And we just threw the ball over it. it so Campbell in Campbell's risky with his team. He doesn't, I, you know, he likes to go for it on fourth downs and do those things. And it's just like, Hey, if, if you have faith in your guys, you know, don't, don't be so risky. Go ahead and punt every once in a while, right? Let your defense go out there and defend a long field and with a two point lead and do some things like that. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, Dan, it's kind of an enigma, but I think people just like to do something a little different. And that's why I think the lines are, are, are getting that attention, so to speak. With Justin Jefferson, uh, in the fold, the Vikings go ahead and they go receiver in the first round, Jordan Addison, and he makes a splash right away in training camp at three o'clock in the morning. I hope his dog is okay. <laughs> I guess that's why he was going 130 uh, miles an hour. So is it just, is it just slinging all over the yard this year? The Vikings decide they're going to live without Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison as a guy. Is it just going to be the Kirk Cousins show offense? Um, yeah, I think I think that that's it. You know, you lose, you lose Adam Thielen. Um, you know, I think a I love Adam Thielen. He's he's still one of my great. You know, here's a guy that went to Minnesota State, formerly Mankato State. Um, Might have been paid fifty bucks to come out to a practice to work out as a body, and then he ends up, you know, being being an unbelievable receiver. So his story um, is 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 a great one, but it, it's he's not getting any younger. And I think that that was, you know, this was the right time to let Adam go ahead and move on. So you have to replace that. KJ Osborne, I think, is is in a good spot to do some of that. Um, but Jordan Addison is, you know, he's he's a hell of an athlete and he fits the offense. And and again, this is a Kevin O'Connell team, right? I mean, he he wants this is you see this with with uh, you know with head coaches is that the, the the identity is his offense, right? He's also the offensive play caller. And he's going to want the, you know, he's going to want the guys that he wants. <laughs> and so we want to, yeah, we definitely want this passing game to be, um, to, to, to be tough and to do what he wants to do and how he wants it to go. Um, I think the addition of Josh Oliver, the tight end from, uh, that we picked up from Baltimore, 
is it's a shame almost that we're not going to have Dalvin Cook because I think Oliver is going to make our running game so much more effective because you need a great blocking tight end if you're going to run a three-wide style of offense. Uh, tight end becomes imperative. Uh, we have TJ Hawkinson. He's a great receiver. But Oliver is an elite type of blocker. So I think, you know, for, for, uh, for Madison, for Alexander Madison, Who's played well? At, you know he's played well when he's been in there, but we don't know. It's we don't know if he if he can do it for eighteen games. You know, for we don't know if he can do it. Um, that's and I think that's kind of the theme of this entire team is there are a lot of question marks um, with guys that have departed and guys who are here now. So we're going to depend on uh, guys like Madison. It could be is it going to be Chandler as a backup? Is it going to be Kane Wanwu? Because um, you need two three running backs, right? And everybody talks about the Kansas City Chiefs and you got a seventh-round draft pick at running back. It's like, well, you know, not everybody has Patrick Mahomes. Because when you play Kansas City, you don't care about them running the ball because you're only worried about the quarterback and them throwing. Are we there? At, are we at that point? Um, you know, can Cousins do that? He's, can he scramble and he doesn't scramble? You know, can he, can he have that effective of a passing game where teams are going to have to keep two high safeties? And if they do um, – yeah, and we can pretty much put anybody back there, I think, and do a good job. Is Cousins' new contract going to be a distraction this season, or are the Vikings and Cousins just going to park the conversation until after the year? Um, you know that I that I don't know. I think with the thing the thing with Cousins, um, is is you know he's getting up there in years and. With his style and who he is, right? He's a strong arm quarterback, very accurate. Um, you just have to keep an eye on his arm strength because once that arm strength starts to wane, um, his game is gonna, you know, his game is gonna go down pretty quickly. So, depending on how he's throwing the football, um, is he still gonna be able to, you know, um, you know, get to get the football down the field? I remember playing the Saints, and I use this example: Drew Brees later in the season. Uh, late in his career, you know, he started to underthrow some of the deep balls. You know, they would they would bring somebody else in, they'd run a reverse to throw the deep ball. They wouldn't. He wasn't just he just wasn't getting the football down the field. And I think that's something that you really, if you're going to pay Cousins what um, what it what he's going to want and what it might require, you got to make sure that his arm strength is still there. Um, and, but will it be a distraction? You know, I don't know. We've got Daniil Hunter who's on a one year kind of a deal. Um, you know, we've got a lot of key players that are on one year prove it kind of deals and or in the last year of their of their contract. So um, I think the Vikings are just going to sit back and evaluate. You still have Justin Jefferson to extend, uh, figure that thing out. There's a lot of question marks in, in that respect. So um, I think there may they may just want to sit this out a little bit, see how it develops and figure out from there who they're going to pay. I want to ask you about Daniil Hunter, who I became a fan of very quickly in his career. In 2019, he had 14 and a half sacks for the second straight year. He had three forced fumbles, finished fifth in defensive player of the year voting. And then he missed the 20 season with the neck thing and mm -hmm. hasn't really been the same player since. And he was tracking early on. And a Hall of Fame career. I mean, he lined up with some right. of the greats who've ever played. Have we seen his best? Is that in the rear view? I don't know. I mean, he's he was one of the he was one of the quickest to fifty. 
uh, 50 sacks, right? One of the youngest to, to that, to that number. So yeah, he started out with a bang, um, been fighting injuries. I'm very interested to see how he looks and how he plays this year for this reason, a couple of reasons. Number one, we'll see where, where he's going to fit in the scheme. I don't think he's embraced, um, the outside linebacker position. Um, he's more of a, of a hand in the dirt out, you know, defensive end, What's the difference? Well, the difference is is really on base downs, first and second down, the running game, because you have to be unbelievably physical uh, on the outside if you're going to be playing outside linebacker. You have to hold the edge regardless if they put one tight end or two tight ends in front of you. That's the whole point of a 3-4. And if I've learned anything from watching a 3-4, it's that if you don't have the right guys, it's harder to hide them in a it, or you know in a 3-4 type scheme than it is in a 4-3 cuz you can bring safeties down, you can kick linebackers, you can stunt, you can do all these different things. In a 3-4 you you know you it's it's hard to hide certain people. You got to have you got to have the right guys. Um so that being said and it's a, it's it's about a scheme fit and will he embrace will he still be playing a true 3-4 outside type linebacker? Is he going, you know, we don't know yet for sure uh, with Brian Flores' defense. And so is it going to be a scheme fit? We, I think we shall see. If he was still playing in a 4-3, I'd say, heck yeah, let's go. The other half of this coin is this is the first offseason that he's had, I believe, in I don't know how many years where he wasn't rehabilitating some type of injury. This is his first offseason where he's actually been able to just lift and get stronger and work on uh, you know different th- different different parts of his of his physical game. So I'm very interested to see how he plays, and I don't think he's going to see the field till the season starts. It's kind of how it went went last year. Um, but yeah, I would keep an eye on Daniel Hunter for sure because he looks. I mean, he showed up for camp. He's he looks great. I mean, he looks he definitely looks the part. So um, this is a big year for him. I mean, it's a big year for him too, from a contract standpoint. They they extended him um, for this year, uh, but that's it, you know. And he's going to want to get in the if he gets up to fifteen sacks, he could break the bank and go somewhere else. So that's good for us for this year because he's going to be highly motivated. But uh, the more the better he does, the more you're going to have to pay him to keep him around. I always love catching up with Pete Bursich. I enjoy talking bass fishing with him too as much as anything, but we thought we would keep it to the old sports for you here on the Danny Mac podcast. And next week we're going to scout green Bay, which had a spirited practice Wednesday against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, fisticuffs were exchanged. That's always good. It's always expected. I'd be curious if why, why my players weren't scrapping with the opponent when they have shared practice time. That's sort of a right of summer. Is it not? Green Bay announcer Wayne Larravee, the former voice of the Bears, will join me next week to talk about Jordan Love, who from several accounts is not having a very easy training camp in this his first year at the wheel in the post-Aaron Rodgers era. And as excited as I was to get to Aaron Rodgers and Hard Knocks, I haven't watched installment number one. This is season 18 of HBO's annual summer training camp miniseries. I've always enjoyed them when I've taken time to watch them, which is probably 13 of the 17 previous seasons. 
of Hard Knocks. Sometimes I'll start it and then lose interest quickly. Uh, like when Joe Philbin was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins and he was too scared to tell Chad Ochocinco Johnson uh, how to comport himself public-wise. <laughs> Although that made it interesting how overmatched that guy was by having to manage grown men with big egos, no longer a coordinator, Joe Philbin, a Peter Principal guy, several years ago, exploited on Hard Knocks. But I'll watch Aaron Rodgers in episode number one. I heard reviews of it yesterday in terrestrial radio, and everybody's suggesting it's way too much Aaron Rodgers. Well, that's what America wants, isn't it? And I, I agree. If, if it's Aaron Rodgers every week, that's going to be too much. There's other players on the Jets who are very good players. They have one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL, and a lot of people don't know that because the Jets have yet to emerge back on the national scene. Quentin Williams, their D-tackle is a stud muffin on a stick. I don't know what that means, but he's really good, so I hope he would get some airtime in the episodes ahead, and usually assistant coaches, even if they're not big names, can provide enormously entertaining material. So I look forward to uh, plowing through hard knocks over the weekend, the Bears and Titans, as well and on Monday's podcast and we're going back to Mondays this coming week for the rest for the route I mean you're going to be hearing the podcast if you choose to on Mondays until further notice that will be at least until after the Super Bowl so spend Monday morning with the Macker it's Mackie Mondays from here on out because there's too much stuff going on in the weekend I don't want to wait until Tuesday to get to you. We got NFL preseason games, NFL preseason news. There are more signings to come. There are huge names like Delvin Cook without an employer right now. So I'll be following that on Mondays, not to mention the Cubs as they hit the stretch run of this 2023 baseball season. Thanks to Pete Persich for giving me some time today. And Adam Delavitt, who is in charge of operations at Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you, Adam, and everybody else on the staff who's doing a great job. My executive producer is uh, Sam the Chief. Michael, he, he just loves the Chief. He's Northwest Indiana's KC Wolf. And also everybody on the in the Bat Rivers family who took part in a uh, Zoom conference call this week to bring this show next level. Troy Machir and Alex Pastor, thank you for your help along the way as well. Have a great weekend. This week has flown by because the ball is going in the air soon. Thank you for listening. I'm Danny Mac. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac podcast on the Bat Rivers Network. 